feeling not good enough seems to be a cultural epidemic in the 21st century. The impact on our lives, our relationships and our general well-being can be devastating. The thing is, the sense of I'm not good enough breeds all sorts of behavioural strategies and reactions that just add to the problem. They wreak havoc and sabotage the things that truly matter to us. No wonder we get confused, frustrated and depressed. Well, this week, international best-selling author Dr. Gulara Vinson returns to the show to shine a light on the topic. And because the first step is awareness, today she's generous, generously sharing the reactivity map for when you don't feel good enough. The map will lay out the four reactions we have to feeling not good enough. You'll discover just how deep the not good enough feeling can go and your steps on the healing process and what you can do when a reaction grabs you so you don't have to follow that path anymore. As ever, you can find the show notes and all the links mentioned in the interview at www.beabrillianthuman.com slash 143. So settle in and let's dive into how do you react when you don't feel good enough with Gulara Vincent. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. If you're looking to improve your life, to heal, to grow and mature as an individual, but maybe you found that some of the personal development and consciousness stuff has given you the impression that you need to be super serious and vigilant to get anywhere meaningful or feeling like maybe you're just not up to snuff. Well, this show is here to remind you of your humanity and in fact that that's where your true joy and brilliance lies. With over 25 years of experience in the transformation biz and having developed MPA, one of the world's simplest pressure-free approaches to growth and well-being, if I do say so myself, I'll be sharing tips, steps and insights that'll help you navigate all the aspects of life as a growth-seeking being. On this show, it comes to you with a good dose of humour, maybe a smattering of colourful language, a reminder not to take things so personally, and most importantly, to be kind to yourself along the way. Make sure you hit that follow button, and let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back, Gilara. Hello, Joel. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's been more than a year since we had you on last. It was episode, I looked this up, Episode number 85, back on the 18th of May, 2021. It's over a year ago. Yes. It was the day I released my book. Up it was. The... I'm going to get you to catch us up on that. Uh, for those who didn't meet you then, A, I'll put the link to that show in the show notes. You can go back and listen to that as well uh, to get more of Galara. Um, but here's Galara bio. By now, you know that I like to read the bio out and just... Um, you know, right in front of the guest. <laughs> this is what they wrote about themselves. That's how bios work. But it's good stuff. So here we are. Galara, this is Galara, helps women to finally truly hear, heal from what's really causing their relationship to split apart. She holds a deep, safe space for you to release pain and trauma that affects your intimate relationships so that you can finally feel good enough about yourself. Using a unique blend of cutting-edge energy healing methods, and I'm going to add in, especially MPA. <laughs> I've lost my place now, throwing my own boat here. Um, she port supports you in transforming all aspects of your life. Clara is a best-selling author of Hammer, Sickle and Brew, and she lives in rural Dartmoor, 
National Park in England with her two children and the love of her life. When I read that, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's start with best-selling book, because when we recorded last time, um, it was the day it launched and you had no idea how it was going to do. And when you when we spoke just a moment before we hit the record button, you said, yes, we, we didn't know it was going to do it. And I didn't know it was going to do quite well, quite well, quite well. It's absolutely stormed it. It's been like number one in so many different countries and not one of those number ones for a day. It's like being number one for a long time. So tell us about tell us about that. So it was number one in six categories in the UK within a day of launching the book, and it stayed up there for at least a couple of weeks. And it was number one in uh, the UK, Australia, and uh, the US, which was incredible. Uh, wow. And then by the time, so I published the um, the hard copy a few days after, and basically it launched itself so when i checked back in it turned out it was already number one so i was planning to launch it a few days later and it kind of launched itself <laughs> so i decided to go with the flow and not resist it and it's been number one from time to time throughout the year and still hits number one in one of the categories pretty much every month this once a month that's that's amazing i'm so i'm so vicariously proud of you um, at the time, and when we did the last recording, you were in the middle of doing MPA mastery. You're now fully qualified, certified MPA practitioner. Um, that was the first time we did that. So you've been using MPA for years, but but came along on the first round. Um, so a lot's happened. You're I need to say that the MPA mastery was by far the best course I've ever done. And I've done a lot of courses. I might have said that last time too, but... I have to re reiterate just what a life-changing, amazing experience it has been. For me, I've grown as a practitioner, as a person, as a lover, as a mother. It's just expanded my whole world. And in my business, I remember towards the end of the course saying, what I really need is a consistent flow. And we worked on that flow and it's been flowing ever since, which has been incredible. So thank yeah. you, Joe. I well, thank you. That thank you for saying that. And it, it's one of those things that especially because we're now coming towards the end of the second year and watching sort of similar transformations happening throughout and, and the improvement in um, you know, the people that go through it, the improvement they experience with, you know, dropping the agenda and the impact that has on their their work for themselves and their clients um and it's been amazing especially with you first years you've now sort of had um a good portion of a year since you finished the last one and all of you are just doing amazing things and up leveling and all the things i hoped and dreamed of because when you run a program you know this because you run programs yourself you kind of you have intentions and hopes for them but you never until you actually run it you don't really get to to know what the impact is and mastery probably is is uh the, the program that i'm most proud of in all the things that i've done over the years and um you know what you just shared there is is it's been my experience with all the people that go through it they just i mean it's it's such a a space of togetherness 
when you join mastery it's like we're in there we're going to roll our sleeves up um and do good shit <laughs> it's an absolute masterpiece Joe. oh thank you yeah so um so today um we're going to talk about what happens when you don't feel good enough um just so you guys know um Galara reached out to me yesterday as we record this we're not recording this when it's going out but um I said oh I've got to talk about this stuff you know any chance I can come on the podcast you know and I was like hell yeah um and she laid out some of the stuff that that she wants to talk about and I was like that's such really good insight for us to get because not feeling good enough is is kind of um like a deeply um what's the word I was gonna say endemic I don't know that's the right word it's an epidemic in in western culture right of not feeling good enough so the idea that we can shine in this show some light on um how to recognize that what the reactions are you've got a reaction map i'm gonna you know or reactivity map i'm going to absolutely um mine your mind for today um but how come because obviously i can imagine it's part of your relationship work i mean you focus on working with with people and their relationships Mm -hmm. um so what got you into sort of looking at the the whole not good enough piece of the pie i think this theme's been coming up in different ways throughout my healing career Uh, self-acceptance not feeling good enough working with different parts of ourselves you know one part is really driven and knows she's got what it takes. And then the other part holding back and say, no, no, actually, I'm not so sure I'm well qualified or I'm good enough, I'm beautiful enough, I'm whatever it is that's holding us back. And so I've been aware of it, but it was in my own trans- transformation, right? In my own work that I do for myself, I absolutely walk my talk. Whatever I teach, I experience, like, <laughs> tested on myself. Uh, I do retreats with my teachers. I have spiritual teachers. They call their work movement of being. It's about presence and awakening. And they introduced me to the reactivity map. And it was immensely helpful to see how we respond when we don't feel good enough. And it feels like for me then, it was like actually knowing how we respond and why we respond in a certain way is really useful but it doesn't always stop us from reacting the same way. Like once once you are in the midst of it, the old reactions come forward. So my idea was to create a course where I would take you deeper, take you down to the root cause of that reaction so that you could heal the original wounding. Because most of the time we come close to that feeling of not good enough and we just push the feeling because it feels so intolerable. And most of the time, it's very young. So we go into all these reactions and strategies not to feel that core wounding because it feels preferable to feel something else. And something else is not particularly nice either, but it's somehow (laughs) more preferable to that original core wounding. So if we, the more we can chip away at core wounding and heal it at the roots, the less the intensity of our reactions. doesn't mean that we will stop reacting, but we will see it more clearly. We will have more healthy choices to respond and we can come back to ourselves, come back to feeling that feeling that we're trying to avoid. 
so we're going to unpack that because that was a, that was a lot there um that there's what i mean is there's there be gems in there that i want to pick out not least of which is is the recognition that um like it starts with awareness it's like if you don't know why you're reacting or or that a specific reaction relates to something else then you usually you, you don't have play or you've got a choice you don't have a choice and you get awareness so i'm hoping that a big part of what people take away from today is the awareness to how to recognize those reactions and then ask the question is that related to not good enough and chances are it is is but that is and that's the first step and then beyond that there's the the work to do to then go down to what the sort of you know where the an mpa we call the sponsoring energy behind it you know the core thing whatever you want to call that is the thing that is going on that's holding it in place and then beyond that and i love that you brought this in so early um i'd think of it as a very non-personal perspective which is that we shift our relationship to it so rather than saying oh you're going to get rid of it you recognize that i'm much more aware of the signals i'm much more mature in how i respond to them and therefore you know that that rather than sort of this mad attempt to get rid of this stuff that makes us human um <laughs> we actually it becomes um it, it becomes a part of us that becomes useful to know but in terms of, of actually impacting our lives the way that the strategies and the unawareness did it it's it's a whole different world that you start to live in right absolutely it just impacts every area of your life because this good enoughness doesn't show just in one aspect. It's in your relationship, it's at work, uh, it's with your children, if it's with your friends, socially, or even on social media, whatever it is, it's everywhere. So when you look at those core patterns and recognize your responses, life becomes so much less complicated and reactive. So your your main work is is in relationships. So I think you, you work with people individually in relation to the relationships. Do you work with couples as well? Do you work with partners or is it mostly working on one person in their relationship? To me, it's your relationship with yourself. Right. So it's predominantly uh, if your relationship with yourself shifts, for example, if you don't feel good enough in yourself, you're not going to get... Um, the response that you want from your partner because they are likely to mirror back what it is that you're feeling on the inside. And even if they are giving you a lot of validation and appreciation, you won't be able to take it in because deep down you believe you are unlovable, unworthy, um, you know, you've got this unacceptable behavior, appearance, whatever it is. So you deflect it, you push it away, you don't take it in. So it's more your relationship with yourself. And when you heal your relationship with yourself, then your relationship with others shifts as well. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of... Um, there's there's two parts, I suppose, that are sort of very dear to me. Loving yourself in a way which which really speaks to the self-acceptance. It's like really... Good. That's why this is Be a Brilliant Human, right? It's like it's about mm -hmm. recognising, hey, I'm going to fall flat on my face. Hey, I'm an ass. Hey, you know, I've just been an unconscious idiot. You know, it's like, and hey, I've got genius. And hey, you know, I, I've got this shining light here. And all of it, you can go, wow, check this humanity out. I mean, that, and to me, that's like self-love. That's like going, hey, I'm just exploring the nature of who I am and my expression. And the other piece is the I matter piece is like then from that really coming into a space that 
um, actually me being me and all, and all my flaws and all my genius really matters in the world. And, and I can, in that relationship with myself, certainly my journey has been going from I don't matter, therefore I'm invisible um, and irrelevant, to I do matter so I can stand in who I am come hell or high water. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty cool. So I'm going to put I you think, on the spot. Oh, go on, yeah, respond. I'll give you a chance I, to come back. I, I think we have a very similar perspective on that because that is pretty much my definition of feeling good enough, where everything is included so that we don't reject parts of ourselves. We almost like have a whole orphanage behind us, you know, like this jealous part is not acceptable, this... I don't know, angry part is not acceptable and this part needs to be hidden and this part needs to be suppressed. We're kind of pushing them behind ourselves, trying to have this cardboard image of ourselves, kind of presenting it to the world and thinking that. And then one, why do we not feel good enough? Right. So <laughs> including all of the parts and bringing them home, actually that's the, the definition of good enough as far as I'm concerned, where we can feel whole in our humanity. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, so in in your work, what would you say is the, I guess I'm looking for the biggest symptom or the thing that, that is like, because we're going to talk about the map in a moment, but it's like, I, I'm imagining, I'm hallucinating in my mind here, Gulara, that there's, it's probably a very difficult thing to answer, but you see again and again, there's a particular thing that happens when someone's got this not good enough. And I'm looking at how does that impact? What's the cost on the life of that? What or what's the way that someone could recognize that it shows up the most? Not necessarily by the reactions of behavior, because we're going to cover that, but by just in their life. Well, that sense of rejection and feeling like a failure, holding back, um, procrastinating, becoming perfectionists because nothing kind of less than that is acceptable feeling like they have to please other people because deep down they're they not feeling lovable, right? So they, they will be shape-shifting and twisting themselves out of shape to please other people so that they don't abandon them. So the lots and lots of different symptoms in ways in which we hold ourselves back, uh, don't step forward with our gifts, don't um, step forward in our relationships, kind of avoiding avoiding uncomfortable conversations, um, any sharp corners. So all this biting your tongue and walking on eggshells, there are so many different ways in. Yeah, that's a long list. It, it goes to show, right? It goes to show the depth of, of what happens. I know that um, one of, in my conflict map, I'm talking about the harmony equation and, and the map of conflict, the not good enough stuff is like a big piece. Often there's some kind of conflict. And and you kind of described it at the top of the this conversation where you like, there's this part that thinks I should, you know, I can do it. And the part that goes, nope. <laughs> You're just not good enough. So let's get let's get into the map. I'm I'm really curious to to hear all about it. So you call it the reactivity map, right? Yes. So, so tell us, tell us kind of what the reactivity map will give the listeners they pay attention to. <laughs> you will recognize how you respond to situations where you don't feel good enough. And there are four primary responses. We often have a go-to, 
something that we know really well. It kind of automatically just goes straight to that behavior. But m most of us cycle through the map. So it's not like, oh, I do this and you do that. In different times, at different times, we might be doing all of them. So the first reaction is avoidance and denial. Like there is an elephant in the room and we don't want to see it. We don't want to talk about it. We want to feel good at any cost. And so we might um, indulge in addictions, distractions, anything that will take us away from that problem. And the problem festers away in our relationship, for example. And we just don't want to acknowledge it. We don't want to engage with it because we're so scared of the consequences. All right. So the, the first primary reaction is avoidance and denial. The second one is when we blame ourselves. So all that inner critic, not not being competent enough or beautiful enough or trying to become perfect and then failing over and over again, getting disheartened. So this constant beating yourself up is the second reaction that we have. Okay. And somewhere there is that, oh, if I beat myself hard enough, it won't hurt when others beat me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some something really young. Ouch. Yeah, something very, very young in those reactions. The third one is when we blame others, lashing out, right? Like it's their fault, <laughs> whatever they are or whatever uh, the fault is. So when we feel inadequate, even in business, say you put something out and people don't respond, ah, that it's fault of the Facebook algorithms or it's fault <laughs> of the people who don't see me or recognize my genius or whatever that might be. So blaming others and just kind of almost projecting that feeling on the inside onto someone else mm. because it's so uncomfortable to feel it. We'd rather engage in a conflict and have an angry exchange than come back and feel that sense of helplessness and powerlessness that comes hand in hand with blaming others. And the fourth reaction is we go, when we're going to shut down and numbness and we just don't feel anything we go into self-isolation why even bother to meet up with other people uh, we don't want to go out we don't want to socialize we might feel tired a lot of the time the fatigue can come in uh, we might feel lost confused disoriented in terms of direction we want to take um, there's a lot of freeze response in that place so those are the primary reaction so what i notice um thank you for sharing those i think that they're really really interesting um and i can imagine that people can recognize them probably recognize all of them at different times in our lives what i notice when you talk about them is is it's like avoidance is avoidance of the feeling numbing is numbing down the feeling it's like what you're pointing to is what you spoke about at the very beginning which is like you have the awareness it's good to know okay i'm doing this behavior i can recognize it and maybe it's the not good enough so in terms of the the feeling because people will probably say in their mind something to the effect of well i know i feel i'm not good enough so i am feeling it right yes now that's not what you're speaking to i'm guessing so no. to tell us or help Help my listener if they're in the space where they're going, well, I know I feel not good enough, so what the hell do you mean avoid the feeling? What are you talking about? So, for example, 
let's say somebody is avoiding uh, having a difficult conversation in their relationship. They are not actually avoiding that conversation. Right? They are avoiding something else, which is much deeper. And it could be rejection from um, their parents. And it could be as young as being rejected in the womb. So, for example, if a mother gets pregnant, and I've worked with so many women who again and again, women and men, again and again, come to that place where the pregnancy, they, they were not uh, wanted pregnancy, they were not planned, and that first reaction of, oh, I don't want this child, I'm not ready, um, this is not the right time, this is not the right marriage situation, whatever it is, imprints in your field. So it's not even like you can't necessarily consciously recognize what it is that makes you feel rejected in life. Some of that can, can be so deeply unconscious. It could be pre-verbal, it could be in the womb. And therefore, when you feel that deep wounding around feeling rejected by your partner, it goes that far. So that is the core wounding that you're trying to avoid. Yeah, there's been a lot of, it's interesting because you said that a lot of people might go, so I'm playing devil advocate today. Mm -hmm. um, it's like might go, well, how do you mean it's in the womb? But there's been a lot of research, I gather, not that I could quote you where it's from, about how much of the psychology of the, um, well, the chemical psychology if you like of the mother and their and her surrounding environment all that which supports her or doesn't um it's like if, if I'm, I'm taking a few steps here. So we go back to like the work of candace pert um dr candace pert talked about the molecules of emotion when you have these states or emotions literally you produce chemicals in the brain called neuropeptides and everything in your body responds to them and you if you're in vitro then you know you're in that chemical bath and so you really do feel and in that space you're like in super receive mode right because you're growing you're building from all of these things so that's how those things can go back so deep so you know what the hell do you do with that galara <laughs> we heal it <laughs> and it's it's amazing how you, you you may not know what went on but when you start receiving healing, your body knows, your being knows. And the release that comes when people just cry their eyes out because they recognize that deep, deep hurt of not being wanted. And because it's been so deeply buried, you can talk in your psychotherapy sessions until cows come home about feelings of rejections. They are all symptoms of something that's so deeply ingrained and imprinted into your field that it's very hard to release it consciously so we go deep into the subconscious and and let go of these patterns so is that something that anyone can do again i'm really playing devil devil's advocate with you because i'm hoping that there are people listening to this most people who listen to this will probably have an idea of exactly what you're talking about yeah, sure but you never know when you put it out there that someone that maybe they say well you heal it go into the unconscious i can't do that you know no. i can't do that so how do you help them do that it's very hard to do it on your own even um having having all these toolkits you know i i still would go to somebody if i am in that uh, dealing with something deeply unconscious and subconscious 
Um, so I use a, a different techniques to to release this as at different levels, including at the cellular DNA level, where we would look at the imprint at the pattern and start releasing it from yourselves by acknowledging what it might have felt like. Obviously, you don't remember what you felt like as a fetus, but there are different tools that can go to the heart of that energy, like MPA is beautiful at capturing that stuck energy of rejection in your field and gently untangling it and letting it move so that it's not something solid and that every time somebody says something unpleasant, hits that raw spot. Or there is uh, there are other tools like compassion key where again you are naming whatever you might have experienced whatever your subjective experience might have been by naming and acknowledging it and seeing parts of you who have experienced that pain somehow they really relax they can come home they they're like oh finally somebody sees me somebody understands thank you there's, there's such such amazing transformation happens when we name what is truth is incredibly healing. <laughs> it's when when we don't know or we, when we don't want to know, that's when the difficulty arises. But the moment we name what is, there is such a relaxation in our body, in our being, in our energy system. So then, then healing is possible. Then things can fall into their own places and you don't have to react in the same way because... It's been acknowledged. Somebody acknowledged it. Somebody saw it. Somebody saw your pain. Mm. Yeah, I think that it's, it's, it sounds so simple. I, I do love that you said, you know, get help. I mean, all, all of us in the MPA community that I'm aware of do that in some form. Um, doesn't matter how much work you've done on yourself. All of us are kind of pushing the edge of our own awareness because well for those of us in the mpa community at least that i'm aware of um yourself most definitely included included a real growth seeking being so you you know there's always going to, and at that edge whether you're you, it's the first time you've come across this kind of thing and everything feels weird and strange or whether you've been doing it for you know rocking 30 years or so um you at the edge you you're in that blind unknown um confused resistance denial <laughs> blame self or others you're in that place and it's such an amazing gift it's a gift of us being separate individuals you know that we can witness each other guide each other um help each other through the tricky bits um in place so i i, I really am a, a massive um proponent of or supporter of or advocate for um getting help um it's it's, it's very hard to see when you are in it like you don't have a perspective on that situation where you're in the heat of it uh right like you need somebody who could potentially hold you so that you can feel safe and can say, oh, yeah, there's this. If you're holding yourself up and you're fighting battle, your battles and you're just in the heat of the battle, it, it's very hard to let go. Even if you understand and you've got tools, it still it helps a lot when there's somebody who could hold you for you to let go. 
Yeah. No, it's a huge thing, a huge piece of humanity. So in in your work, you mentioned at the top, so your this map is an amazing thing, but there's that piece where you know you have to kind of go and get that kind of help. Now I know they can come to you or to to various practitioners for one-to-one work, but you're offering group work to do this, which I think is it's sort of um obviously I love one-to-one work, but some there's something about there's an additional layer when it comes to group work where that whole thing we've been talking about of getting seen and and being witnessed and knowing you're not alone because the people that tend to go on a course of any theme are all there for the same reason um so tell us about how that works because i think when we spoke briefly before you've got two things coming up that both relate to this and they're different is that right slightly different yeah um so what What's brilliant about our groups is that everybody brings a piece of a puzzle. Right? So somebody will speak up and you haven't even thought of it. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, so it, it, can, it can help you to see the bigger picture in a more coherent way. Whereas if you know about your problem and you one-to-one work is brilliant, you can go really deep on a particular issue. But oftentimes, the starting point is something that you do know. And with a group work, there could be pieces which you didn't know or you haven't thought of, and they're there, and you didn't even recognize that they've been bothering you. So I love the group work for that particular reason. I am running a group program where we will be meeting online and uh, using these entry points these four reactions as a way to get to the core wounding and heal uh, the parts that are driving that behavior. Uh, That starts on 13th of September and it's a four-month course. So each month we will be exploring one of these reactions so that we can go really deep and release all those patterns. Oh, that's but, cool. I, I, I get excited now because it's like I saw it was a 12-week program when I just had a quick look at your website before we got on. I said this was like last minute. Um, I thought 12 weeks, that makes sense. A month per reaction. That's time to really to really dive in, isn't it? It's time to, yes, really, to, them. to, to really sink in. And there will be this additional resources so that you can go and look at your fear of rejection and anger and rage, wherever you suppressed it and releasing some of those core feelings. The 12-week program is slightly different. It's to uh, it's an ancestral healing. This is where we go really deep into the cellular healing, DNA, releasing some of the patterns that impact your relationship. So for example, wherever you have um, anxiety, that, that probably is... Some of it is yours and some of it is inherited. So we do a deep dive in relation to your whole ancestral line, clearing it before you and after you. (laughs) So it's quite an amazing experience. And it looks at specific issues that come up in relationships like codependency, fear of rejection, uh, shame, body shame, or shame that we carry in the body. So that's slightly different from the self-acceptance bootcamp the four-month program that explores the reactivity map 
you see what I did there, having just uh, said about how I love myself and making my mistakes, I've just gone and like four months, 12 weeks, my inner week maths clearly cocked up there. I really appreciate that. It gave me an opportunity to tell, me, tell you about the other program, which starts on 26th of September. <laughs> so two completely different things and I'm just confusing them. That's fantastic. So all right, so let's get it clear because um, I've thrown, you know, a whisk into the mix. Um, we're ending up with an omelette. Um, <laughs> so you've got a three-month program. What's that called? That's called Rapid Relationship Breakthrough. And again, right. the approach is you heal yourself and your relationship shifts. Fantastic. And then the 12-week program is the... That's, that's 12 program that is rapid relationship oh breakthrough. God, Joel, what are you on? <laughs> <laughs> Something and, very, um, very good. The four-month program. Four-month program is called Self Acceptance Bootcamp. More than okay. enough. Right. I'm I'm writing that down because I'm clearly got my brain in a twist. <laughs> the four-month program is the one that really focuses on working with this map. You go through each That's of right. those reactions and dive deep into I'm going to guess what what the um, what your specific reactions are and what's causing them in each case, so you can heal it. Yes, fantastic. And, and it's kind of a combination of individual work within the group context, as well as the group clearing and different processes that I bring in order to for us to really explore and find out what is it at the heart of. It. And that one's online and starts. They're both online. Um, the probably the in-person thing you are getting to is mm -hmm. a retreat uh, retreats that I run in rural Devon, which is incredible. The, the, just the the views and the the setting of the retreats are so healing. It's a beautiful land, and we just have a lot of fun here while doing really really deep work. Um, is that what you wanted to get to? Or yeah, I, I was. Did I just throw I was, another thing? It's just I literally have have confused myself senselessly. <laughs> That's what's happened here. Um, okay. I've got my wires crossed, and now we're covering three things. Um, all the links to these, by the way, will be in the show notes with probably an explanation that's much clearer than mine. <laughs> so make sure you go there. Um, I I do know a bit about the retreats, or at least I. We haven't really talked about it in detail, but I have seen you on the back of them when you come out of teaching them, and it always amazes me because you would you you've been teaching these retreats for a while, haven't you? So different yes. um, different kind of retreats, but every time you do a retreat and I see you afterwards, um, I always can feel the well the shift in you because you're in that energy, the the sense of purpose in you as you light you're you're lit up by the experience of it um and the the sort of that sort of what i've noticed because i think there's been you've run two retreats in the time or or, or thereabouts in the time going through mastery and the time okay. we've known each other um and you sort of come out with this sort of really raw open heart on the back of it which i'm sure everybody who goes to it comes out with a similar kind of wholesome glow um of that and that's in person that's cool it is in person. And the feedback I normally get from people is that we are not the people who arrived here four days ago. <laughs> it is so incredibly transformative. Uh, we do, I use um, 
intention constellations. It's a branch of family constellations known as identity oriented psychotrauma therapy. It's incredibly, it sounds very, uh, you know, a big name, but it's very embodied practice where you have an intention, you have an issue, something that's stuck, that something feels impossible to resolve. And there are parts of you, again, these parts of your psyche that are pulling in different directions. So you put those three parts of your psyche outside of yourself through with the help of other people who resonate with those parts and they embody whatever it is that you're feeling, that stuckness. And it's not made up. It's incredible, like, how we're all interconnected. The moment you step into the, that energy, boom, you know, like, you are you are acting and feeling things that you didn't even recognize in yourself, right? So, but you are, you are chosen to resonate with that energy for a particular reason because that's in you called that in, right? So... You, you do those processes as a participant and you release your own stuff, but you also get your own process, which means that in the course of a weekend, you could have as many as six, seven processes. And when you come out on the other end, I had one participant who came to a different retreat with me and she said, I don't like this retreat. I've been here for three, four days. I know nothing about these people. When I come to your retreat, I know them, I know their parents, I know their ancestors, <laughs> because all of that energy shows up. And it's so deeply bonding because we know each other at such a deep, profound level on those retreats. So it's you 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 come into the room and you drop really deep and then you come out and the giggles in the hot tub and you know, sharing at the kitchen <laughs> table. It's 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 really good fun. Beautiful. Well, um I highly recommend um that people go and experience it for themselves coming back to the let me just look at my notes um the four month self-acceptance boot camp <laughs> <laughs> which directly relates to um you know people are sort of resonating with i'm recognizing that maybe i've got a, the, the not good enough stuff is running parts of my life um how would someone know if that's right for them they can have a chat with me <laughs> that could be a good starting point. Yeah. Um, I also run short master classes. So there are three hour events once a month. Um, there is one coming up soon. They, they will probably those who listen to this will probably miss it because it's on Tuesday as this episode comes up, um, which is called Who Am I? And basically those are good entry points to get a sense of the work that I do if you've got questions. But I'm always available to answer any questions and help you to decide. So what's important for me is that it's the right people who come together. It's not, not just another course. It's somebody who really wants to and interested and curious and willing to go to places which normally would rather avoid. <laughs> yes. So the main hub to go to is galaravincent.co.uk. That'll be in the show notes. Uh, and Gulara is G-U-L-A-R-A-V-I-N-C-E-N-T is Gulara Vincent for those only on audio. <laughs> uh, do check it out. So uh, we're coming to time already, Gulara. We chatted this time away. Um, 
I want to, well, firstly, before we go into sort of closing this off, because as you say, you've got, we're talking about events that are coming up. Are these events that you will be running sort of like on an annual basis or again? So if someone, I'm thinking, I always think with a, with this podcast that someone might be listening to it a year down the line, because I know there's people listening to podcasts from last year. And so whenever someone talks about a specific event coming up, I always have to get a sense of, um, I'm going to guess I need to go to your website to see what's happening, but just to think I really want to get on this on this program is it something you're going to do again at some point or is this kind absolutely. of yes absolutely i feel like this is such a core issue and um yeah i've, I've developed a body of teaching and, and materials around it that i'd love to keep sharing because it's a predicament that affects all of us and it's not gonna go away overnight sadly so so absolutely, the, the course will run and the retreats run on a regular basis. The, the, the one that's coming up 6th to 9th of October is on theme of good enough. So if you miss the course, but you'd like to explore it in person, then there could be a different avenue. But the course will run again next year. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear that because I think you're right. It's a huge, huge issue. So just to finish us off then, I wonder... If there was like your one golden piece of advice, if someone recognizes um, that they kind of they've got this not good enough thing running in the, their life, what can they what can they do? What's your pearl of wisdom for them that they can take away today? Stop and feel. So, for example, um, somebody said something and it really triggered you and you want to lash out or you want to go into beating yourself up or whatever that might be just pause for a second just take yourself out to the toilet or wherever you can have a moment to take three deep breaths come into your body and ask yourself what am i actually feeling right now? Mm. and what you will often find is that there's some sense of helplessness feeling wretched feeling upset some some hurt that surfacing and it may be about this person but oftentimes that hurt is there already they just touch the raw open wound and it, and it flares up so stop pause and feel what you actually feel not about this person not about what they said but what do you feel on the inside and feeling is not this feeling is not an intellectual exploration it's not just oh i feel sad great what does sadness feel like in your body? Because there will be certain sensations. And if you come closer to those sensations, oh, like sadness right now feels like heaviness on my chest and there is twisting in my stomach and I feel my knees are shaking and my hands are shaking and I just feel really wobbly. Because all these feelings, they're not just in your mind, they're in your body. And if you can come closer into your body and actually let yourself feel the sensation. I guarantee that three minutes later, you'll feel very different about that situation because that's what's required. That's the practice. That's the discipline of coming and feeling our own stuff rather than putting it out there. It gives you so much more sense of power and autonomy over your life. You are not at the mercy of other people to make you feel good. You can feel and meet whatever's here 
it won't kill you. It just feels like that. <laughs> it just feels like it. Fantastic. Thanks ever so much for coming on, Galara, and sharing that, that map. Um, we're going to have to get you back next year. Thank you, Joel. See what you're I'd working on. That's fantastic. <laughs> As ever, you know, I love you. And, you, uh, and it's great to see you going out and really rocking it out there in the world, doing your amazing work. So I'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, I'd love you to do me a solid and tell someone about it. They can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. Plus, if you visit the website, www.babrillianhuman.com, you can share the show notes to social media and make my day. Also, make sure you hit that follow button. And if you haven't yet downloaded the MPA process sheet, head on over to joelyoungmpa.com and get your free copy today. Big love and see you next time.